<laughs> Man, it's really cool, isn't it? Wow. Um, hello, everyone. Hello. It's great to see everybody. Everybody do this with me. Everybody settle in just for a second. You're here. <laughs> right? Come on. Yeah. You're here. So be here. Now here's where we need each other's help. You see, you never know what's going to happen whenever you get a group of people together and the single focus of you coming together is because of Jesus Christ. You never know what's going to happen. You never know the condition of any and everyone that's come through the door. And in a group this size, it runs the gamut. There are some that came through the door that are celebrating like crazy and there are some that came through the door that they're going, man, I can't catch a breath. And so here's where we need each other's help. Because, see, you don't know the condition of the person that you are sitting beside maybe came through that door. So let's be mindful of each other and we're in this place. And if you have the urge to maybe want to have a sidebar conversation, it's a safe place, but you can do that outside. Is that cool? We got something to celebrate. And it's you being here. <laughs> it really is. It's you being here. Fred wants about a minute. Give Fred here just a second. And then I'm going to get you up here in a second after that. Fredo, come on. Um, Paul Hurley and I have been trying to have a men's meeting on Monday. And a lot of times it's just been him and I. And uh, we've been trying to talk to women. The women have a, a meeting at our house. Paul has it at his house. And the women, we've been trying to talk them in to let us join in with them and have a couples thing. But they're not going to do it with just Paul and I. It's not. They don't like us that well. We need you guys to show up. I mean, our normal group, they travel a lot and they've got things going. But we need some men to show up on Mondays. We're going to move it to 7 p.m. And... Right now, we're just kind of hanging out and digging life. Um, Paul knows my heart. I'd love to teach a, a lesson. I'd love to. Um, but whatever, just I'm asking you guys to show up on Monday, some of you, and give us a, a, just a, a few minutes of your time and, and a few ideas. And, and if any of you couples there are going, hey, that would be good for us, we'll go with the couples thing, I think if we get a few more couples, we can talk them women into letting us join them. So, that's all it is. Cool, cool. Hey, but just to encourage you, Fred, um, on Tuesday night at our house, uh, it, uh, all it was was Mike and Sean and a bunch of women. So, God honors, God will honor anything, you know, and I, and I think it's cool how, how sometimes we, we're heavy with men and then other times it's very light. But um, it, it never fails. 
whatever whatever the night and whoever shows up is exactly what it's supposed to be. So, yeah, I just encourage. I encourage you if you are not a part of a smaller community that you join one. Amen. All right, I do want to give Brenda and all the guys that ever have to deal with money in this thing. You know, we don't make that an emphasis here, but. We're official. Governor, thanks. Hey! Right. I thought I did too. We're officially official. Whatever all the numbers and letters and all the nonprofit stuff are, we're that. And you're supposed to be that, I understand. So we're that. We've achieved that. Yay, Brenda! Isn't that good? That's good, Lynn. Come on, man. You're not smiling big enough. Yeah. All right, one last thing before I get you up. Um, if, you, uh, if you keep up with us any at all through uh, all the different social media, one of the last things I sent out via email was just asking everybody, what night is better for you? And it was a twofold thing. It wasn't really just for this group of people, but it's to get ourselves positioned for when uh, the time is coming for another group. And so the thing is, is that you know our heart is is I love this size. It's because I can look up and down each row and I can, I can pretty, I, I think I could do it. I could name all of you. And if it gets to the point, gang, now you've got to do this as well with me. It's not Bivo, right? It's you. That, so if you're in the room and if you look up and down the row and can't get at least about 75% of them, the group's gotten too big for you. And so then you got to drill it back down to the size that Fred's saying that he wants and what Pop does and what our home does and what uh, scores of others of you do that I'm not aware of and where you get to know one another. And then that when you come in here, man, you are coming in here unfettered because everyone knows you. You're not hiding. You're not having to pretend. Isn't that freeing? When I can come into a place and someone asks me, Bivo, how are you doing? And if I'm not good in that moment, I can say, I'm doing lousy. And that's what we're going to learn tonight is that I may be in one of the, in the modes where I'll have my sackcloth on. <laughs> and so we're going to talk about that tonight as we tag on what we were talking about last week in dying to self. And what does that really mean? And, Let's don't just throw those cliches out there anymore as Christians and say, I'm just dying to myself. That's just my cross to bear. And I think at times we minimize the emphasis of that when we place it on losing our keys. Really? That's me dying to myself because I keep losing my keys. Jesus blasted out of the earth for us to be able to do so. So let's celebrate that with one another. Y'all get up. I'm going to give you about three minutes. So do some neck hugging real quick. All right? Everybody up. Thank you, boy. Look at this guy. I know who Zach is. Good to see you, boy. Pastor's wife. Hey, if you need any prayers, you feel led to tell people. Amen. We'll do it. And I wanted to ask for a person. Can you share what communion really is? Yes. 
because I think I got some folk in here that don't know. Okay. And if I start to go down the path, then, yeah. And if I, if, Just the permission to, to do go it. there. Open what is table. it really? Yeah. Like you don't have to get everything right. Thank you, Mike. Hi. Hi. How are you He's gonna lift us up. Let's get us going here. All right, here we go. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for tonight. Just thank you for all these people, and just thank you for the laughter. Just for, just for friends and family that's in this room, Heavenly Father. Just, I just like to lift up this time and just to. Just for everybody to hear Mike tonight as the message he's going to bring. It's uh, just to hear it, guys. Just to feel it. Fill your soul with uh, just with freedom. Mm -hmm. And just uh, rejoice in his name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you. Man, I say it a ton. I'm going to say it now. I would much rather be in a room full of folks or with people that I've got to try to calm down. Then I've been around a bunch before for a whole bunch of years that you tried to get kick-started, and it just don't work. <laughs> you could put battery cables on them, man. They weren't going anywhere. It's like, well, that, that hurt a little bit, but I'm still going to sit. <laughs> Thanks for being willing. All right, open up your Bible to Galatians. This is going to be a reminder. Last week we talked about dying to self and, and what that really looked like for us to pick up our cross daily and, and how to try to start applying that to our daily lives. And part of that we realized and acknowledged the fact that more than ever that in this dying to ourself that we are reliant upon the Jesus inside us through the Holy Spirit. And that for a lot of our lives, we've not ever really been taught that, or quite honestly, for most, even been given permission to be able to let the Jesus inside you, whenever you said yes to Him, to be cut loose. You see, I, that's why I believe, and we have it up here, you can't really see it, but if you, if you could see that, the, that word is believe. And the L and the I and the V and the E in it are capitalized for a particular reason, is because... You will live out who you believe you are. 
And that can vary from day to day. It, heck, for me, it can vary from moment to moment. That where, man, I'm on top of the, on, on top of the clouds, man, just soaring like crazy. Everything's going the way I think it ought to be going. And then when somebody comes in and kicks my box over, I'm thinking, what in the heck happened? And I start to waver in my belief. And I find that when I stay solid in who I am in Christ, when I stay solid in who I am in Christ, I can rifle myself back out of that. Now, the big key of that is not pretending that I don't ever get here. Amen. That's the freedom piece. Because a lot of folks will pretend they don't ever get back here. Well, everything's good. Everything's just fine. And man, they're just white-knuckling it. Or they got white fingernail tips, you know. So, Galatians 2.20, just a reminder, says... Uh, we're in Galatians chapter 2, and here's verse 20. It says, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God, who loved me and gave Himself for me. Gosh, and it's such a beautiful illustration what I think of water baptism. You know, if you if you've ever been through water baptism, that is just the perfect, beautiful symbol of going down under the water, that you're buried with Christ. It says, I've been sacrificed with Christ. So literally what the verse is saying, that when Christ went on the cross, you were sacrificed with Him. You've gone down with Him in death. You're under the water. And then when Christ comes exiting out of the tomb, you're coming up and out of the water in this resurrected life. Is that not beautiful? It's incredible. And so just right now in this moment, I was reminded, when you take of the communion, that's the bread, that's the body of Christ. Gang, anyone who has said yes to Jesus, here's what you're invited to participate in tonight when we do so. Is that you're saying, yes, I believe I was crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but yet the Christ lives in me. I'm going to live in this new resurrected Christ. That's His body. That was the blood that was shed whenever you dip in it in the cup. Right? In some barns, you may drink it out of a little thimble. Right? Some barns, I don't know, you may even share the cup. It's, you know, it's called the Eucharist, the Lord's Supper. Wherever maybe you've come from, but when you said yes to Jesus... And you take the bread, you're saying, Lord, I believe it. I believe I've been crucified with you. Thank you. And then when you dip it, you say, Father, thank you for paying the wages of my sin. Mm -hmm. <laughs> of my sin. And he did it before, way long before any of y'all was ever born, so he's got you covered. He meant it when he said, It is finished. So if there's anyone in the room that has ever hesitated to participate in that supper, and then when we do so, you're saying, Lord, You are coming back. <coughs> Father, You are coming back to restore heaven here on earth. And when you do so, you're admitting that. And if you've ever been one to stop from going to participate because of your behavior, i got fabulous news for you. He's got you covered. Let tonight be the night for your freedom. Amen? Amen? Amen. Crap, let's go home. <laughs> <laughs>
Let's do that now. <laughs> I mean, you, you want to? Let's just do that now. Okay, we'll wait just for a few minutes. Flip over to Ephesians. It won't be a far flip. If you ever wanted to know those, how those um, book, the letters in that particular part of the book go for Paul that he read, wrote, they're called the prison letters. It's do uh, General Electric Power Company. So that's Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. That's how I remember that. So we're in Ephesians, so where is that? General Electric Power Company. So you go over to the right a little bit. So go over to the right, chapter 4. And so you go, okay, I'm in the battle. Look at me here, gang. I'm in the battle. I have these crazy thoughts going on about me right now. How do I get out of those thoughts? Well, it's right here. It's why you said yes. Because see, we can't. But He will. And so what he's saying, he says, look, in Ephesians 4.23, he says, instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. I got a cruddy attitude today. I woke up, literally, I woke up Friday and I was in a funk. I went home, I told Deb, I said, man, I'm in a funk. We got to start praying this out. That's the Spirit of Him and in her and in us getting it out. In the name of Him, get this out of here. Gang, look, that ain't a cliche. Sometimes we get up from that couch and I feel tons better. Sometimes I get up from that couch and I'm still in a funk. So what do I do? It's like shampoo. I repeat it. <laughs> I pour, I rinse that skull up, I lather it off, and then I repeat it. It still ain't there. Well, how often do you have to do it? Until it's gone. Well, Bibbo, I may be doing that all day. Well... I'm glad you got the Jesus in you to give you the power to be able to do it. Let it rip. I'll join you. <laughs> so the thing is, he's saying, let, your, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. And one other thing, I thought it was beautiful last week after we were finished, Greg Thompson came up to me and he said, you know, if you remember, he said the cross, Jesus hadn't placed Himself on it yet when He's telling this to the disciples. And so the disciples are looking at this going, he's literally, if in our vernacular today, he would be saying, go get your electric chair. Go get your electric chair. Put yourself in it. Be done with yourself. And then you can start following me. And so the disciples, I believe, at times would have had to come away from that going, did he really just say that? Did he, did he just say, pick up my cross? Everybody I've seen on that cross is dead. So doesn't that make sense for us dying to self? That's a pretty cool image. And so it was an instrument of death. And so the thing is, is that, at, you know, this past week, I was going, well, Lord, where do you want us to go? And he kept bringing up Jonah. Literally. And gang, I don't like the book of Jonah. I'm just being real with you. I don't dig it. I don't like it. And so I'm in the Mac and I'm starting to work out and get on the hamster wheel and, and I hit the Kindle app on my deal and we'll read this book. And I mean, it was just on me. I told you to read Jonah. I went, oh, okay. So I read it and then was done with it, you know. So I tried to go to the Kindle again the next day. 
you know, I'm still praying through this. I said, where do you want to go with this dying self, Lord? you want us to keep doing that? He said, I want you to read Jonah again. And so now we're starting to, you know, have a fun conversation. Well, Lord, you know I really don't like that book. Uh, you know, everybody's heard about the fish. I don't want to talk about the fish. He got swallowed up, okay? They spit him out. What else can we talk about that? And so anyway, the thing that came up out of this is that I don't really necessarily want to hone in on Jonah and, and that he, he said no. Right? We all know that, that God said, hey, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh. And I, and I want you to go tell these folks that in 40 days they're going to be destroyed if they don't turn and come back to me. I don't really want to focus on that, but it'd be like maybe us going down to Smyrna and, and someone saying, hey, Deb, I really want you to go to Smyrna and tell everybody and for whatever reason you don't like bulldog country. And Deb says, no, I just don't want to do that. So I don't want to focus on the fact that Jonah literally, now I don't know if any of us can relate to this, but Jonah literally went the opposite direction. So what's the most total opposite direction of Smyrna? I don't know, I'm geogra geographically challenged. Yeah, that's good. Memphis. Who wants to go to Memphis? Boy, I pray no one's here. Graceland, I forgot. Crap. Well, let's pretend we're going to Memphis. <laughs> but in his going, he gets on a boat. And then when he gets on the boat, there's this amazing storm that comes up. Now here, just kind of put these in your locker as we start getting closer to what I believe God said, this is why I want you to read it. He's on the boat. This crazy storm starts coming up. All the sailors and guys are on there. They cast lots, which that means they're throwing dice to say, well, who's the cause of this storm? God just doesn't froth these waters up for no reason. And so they cast the lot, and it looks on Jonah, and Jonah's just kind of sitting underneath, just hanging out, because he knows why the storm is so vicious. He got on the boat. He's running. And so what's cool to me is that the guys came and sought him out. What was Jonah's outward condition or his outward appearance of his inward condition? To make them, even if the lot hadn't landed on him. Because even after that, they said, come and pray to your God, Jonah. How did they know he even had a God? What was, he, what was his outward appearance of that inward condition? And so I'm reading further, and so, yes, Jonah did get swallowed up. He's in the belly, and he laments. Look at what he says. I'll give you a chance to get over there, just so you can look at it. It's in Jonah. It's way over on the left side of the book. Look in the alpha, uh, alphabetical order if you want to. That's a cool place. But if you don't want, just close your eyes and listen to what Jonah said in the belly of the whale. This is chapter 2. I cried out to Lord my great trouble, and He answered me. I called to you from the land of the dead, and Lord, you heard me. Verse 7. As my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord. My earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. And in verse 9. But I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise, and I will fulfill all my vows. Look at this, gang. For my salvation comes from the Lord alone. Now gang, look at me just for a second. He just ran. He just blatantly said no to God. I'm going this way. And he cries out to Him. 
Do you think he cries out to someone that he doesn't think is going to give him mercy? And yet, is there any one of us at any point that when we've gone the total opposite way of God, we've gone, man, I'm just out of fellowship with Him. He's not that kind of God, gang. Heck, when Adam and Eve ate the apple, He had every reason in the world to ban them from ever. Now, He got them out of the garden. But you know what He did right after He got them out of the garden? He clothed them. Our God is a God of grace and mercy and compassion. Now, I will admit this. He does seem to be one in the Old Testament, one of a more of a quid pro quo God. And what I mean by that is that if you don't do exactly what He wants you to, there are some difficult consequences coming. So praise God all the more for Jesus. Amen. But Jonah keeps learning. <laughs> Poor old Jonah. God told him a second time. Jonah does go this time. Now, it's like when we tell our kids whenever they're arguing or they get in these scuffles. You tell him you're sorry. Well, I'll tell him. But they don't mean it. Right? Jonah does go to Nineveh this time, but guess what? His heart wasn't in it. Lord, I'm going to go. I'll go this time. And so when he gets over there and he tells them, now check this out, gang. He gets to a place now that God wants that people to turn to Him. If God was a condemning God, why would He keep sending prophets to go tell folks, man, I'm the way? I'm going to remind you again. Let me send this other cat to you. You didn't quite believe Him. Let me send this other fella to you. Maybe you'll, rem maybe you'll believe Him. Doesn't that make sense? That God keeps sending... So the thing for us in our life, how many times has God sent a messenger to you to, for you to be about what He's given, gifted you to be about? That He made you so on purpose that you're the only one that can fulfill what He wants to fulfill through you. And we go to Memphis. Or we go to Nineveh. Or we'll go to Smyrna. But our heart ain't all the way in it. But he gets there, and the king hears Jonah, and look what he does. I'm going to put it on that. The king, this is in, uh, ver in three, chapter 3. When the king of Nineveh heard what Jonah was saying, he stepped down from his throne and took off his royal robes, and he dressed himself in burlap. Doesn't that look good? <laughs> He took off his royal robes and put something on similar to this. The king. Now, I'm the, I feel like at times I'm the king of Clare Court over there. Oh, you are. Praise God. Yeah. I hope I recorded that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but hang here with me. The king gets off the throne, takes off the royal robes, puts on the sackcloth. He's telling the world, look, anyone that can hear my voice, you put on the sackcloth as well and then get the ashes going. This is where God said, this is what I want you to find out about, Bibbo. Because I'm looking at that, I'm going, why in the world sackcloth? 
It was an outward way to show an inward condition. The, Nineveh, the, the, the king of Nineveh is sitting up there on his throne and he's just enjoying life, man. And Jonah shows up on the scene and for whatever reason, the king believes him. What did he see in Jonah before that would make him believe that Jonah's God was one that would follow through? You see, there had to be this outward appearance of Jonah that showed his inward condition at all times. Jonah didn't fake it with God. Lord, I knew You would be a God of mercy. That's why I didn't want to go over there. See, Jonah made it all about him all the time. But the king puts this on. So his outward appearance is showing, I am mourning the fact that God, I have not been listening to You. I am so sorrowful. The ashes represent destruction. And so he's wanting the whole world to see, I am changing. I am in mourning. I am grieving. I don't want to be who I was anymore. It, doesn't that kind of tie into dying to self? I don't want to be that anymore. And, and so, here's, here's what I want us to remember. Is that I believe that part of it is that when they were putting this on, they were telling God, God, You are who You say You are. I believe that. Now I want to start living that. And that's whatever You've given me, gift, gifted me with uniquely. You see, God designed us, gang. He designed this human machine to feed on Him. I want, you, I want this to sink in. God came in the form of man to save man. From who? Himself. Amen. Way to go, class. God sent Himself as man to save man. That's a great God. So the game changed completely when Jesus shows up on the scene. And here's where I think we start getting in a little trouble with each other in the body of Christ game. If I can just, I will be candid because I always am with you. I hear this quite a bit. Well, that's just how God made me. Whenever, they're, whenever folks are heading down this path that they, they just can't get out of. Not only want to label it, but it can be anything. And so, well, that's just how God made me. And if it's something that's not beneficial, my reply to them is, goes, no, it's not. Most certainly is not. That's just you wanting you to have your way. And where we start getting in trouble a little bit is that if I'm in my sackcloth, I may be wearing it longer than what you want me to wear it. You see, I'm the one that's in mourning. I'm the one that's in this changing process. I'm the one that might be grieving. And so us as a body of Christ, here's an example. For Maybe some of you know, maybe a lot of you don't, but Deb and I made a very crazy decision back when we were in college. It was a panic decision. I didn't protect her. We aborted our first child. His name's Tanner. And so she had her sackcloth on way longer than what Bivo did. 
Because, see, I didn't even want to put the sackcloth on because I was still at the point of where the king was before Jonah showed up on the scene. I just didn't want it to be true. I just wanted that thought to go away. I, I thought if it just wouldn't come up anymore, then I could be rid of it. And gang, it wasn't until I placed my sackcloth on myself and started grieving that. And I started mourning it. And I started allowing. Remember what we read in Ephesians 4? I started allowing the Spirit of Christ within me to renew my thoughts. Because I no longer would say, Golly, Bivo, there's no way He can cover that. Then the light switch came on and said, He did cover that. It still doesn't take away all of the pain, but man, it lets us live in freedom of it to say, I can speak this to you just in case there's anybody else in here that's gone down that path. Because now you can go, me too. And all I'm going to do and all Deb's going to do is take you to the throne of grace and let you be healed through Him. So I'm going to start closing here. Here's the thing. Go back to Ephesians 4.23 just for a second. So if we're letting the Spirit renew our thoughts, what is your outward appearance of your inward condition today? Here's what I mean. Do the two match up? Is your outward appearance one that is just everything is fine, but your inward condition is sackcloth? So the thing that has to die is your unwillingness at that moment to let your outside match your inside. It doesn't change who you are in Christ, gang. It strengthens Him. Remember what He told Paul? My strength becomes perfect in your weakness. So if I'm holding it in, I'm, I'm trying to hold Jesus back. You cut Him loose. That's why He emptied the tomb. So here's what I say we start renewing our thoughts with. Look at what he says in the verse 24 right after Ephesians. It says, put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So when I start taking my sackcloth off, when God tells me to, gang, I love y'all, but not when you tell me to. When I know that God has renewed my spirit, the sackcloth comes off. And so what's the timing? I don't know. That's all between you and Him and that. But if people are starting to come in your midst and you're starting to think that they want your sackcloth off, you clean your fence row with them and say, man, that's not time for me. <coughs> say, I love you, but I just want you to pray with me. Right? So now you're going to put on your new nature. And here's what you start clothing yourself with. Just close your eyes and drink this in. It's in Colossians. In chapter 3, it says, Since God chose you to be the holy people He loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, above all, above all, above all, clothe yourselves with love which binds us all together in perfect harmony. So here we are in closing. Gang, whenever you forgive one of my faults, you're dying to self. Thank you. Whenever 
You make allowance for me and how I'm just living life with you. You're dying to self. Thank you. Whenever you forgive me, man, you are dying to self. You're saying, I'm going to let the Spirit of the Christ in me renew my thought about you, Bibbo. Thank you. So in last, here's the thing. Does your outward appearance match your inward condition? And if you want it to, the way it does is you start speaking it out with each other. You start sharing that. Thus, you'll be living out, dying to self, renewing your spirit, and clothing yourselves in love. Amen? Father, we thank You for this time.